You talk about Cheryl Crow, of course, you had that Missouri connection with her. She's from our neck of the woods here in Southeast Missouri, and our listeners have that connection with you. You were born in Boonville, Missouri, raised right across the Missouri River there in New Franklin. So folks around here were cheering you on from the beginning, and then you put out Missing Missouri. And it's like, okay, now you got us wrapped around your finger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And isn't that song amazing? It is. I didn't, I didn't write it, which is why I can brag on it, but <laughs> these two guys just literally wrote that song for me. Um, and, you know, there's no better way to get a cut on someone's album than to write a song about their home state. And, you know, Missouri is a very special place. And New Franklin, which is even smaller than Boonville, 1,200 people. And I had 35 kids in my graduating class. Um, and it's still the same, you know. It's, like, still the same population, maybe even a little bit less. But it was very idyllic to grow up in that setting and you know we were farmers so very hard working and it taught me um a lot of work ethic you know and i have a memoir coming out in september that you know talks a lot about missouri and what it's like to grow up in missouri oh that's pretty cool we'll have to check that out what do you call on that one what's the what's the name of it it is called born to fly uh, of course fitting title yeah so growing up in new franklin and for folks who don't know that's like uh, that's just west of columbia out there right uh, yes, it is a, really just right in the middle of the state, right between Kansas City and St. Louis. Um, and yeah, so my granny and papa lived in Columbia my whole life, and that's where I spent almost every weekend and, you know, watching Mizzou mm-hmm. play. So it's just really cool. And then it was so weird when Missouri joined the SEC, and... By that time, I was married to my husband, Jay Barker, who was quarterback at Alabama. So then all of a sudden, we became (laughs) rivals in our own home. (laughs) Unfortunately for you, he's got all the bragging rights. Oh, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) And still does. I mean, you know, well, he's still the most winning quarterback um, ever at Alabama. And, of course, Alabama is just amazing. But I still root for Missouri. Well, that's good to hear. And it's okay that you cheer on Alabama, too, because at least they're in the conference. It's an SEC household, I guess. Exactly. So like you said, you come from a very musical family. Was that like your biggest influence, would you say, just growing up in that musical environment? Yeah. I mean, you know, part of me would really like to interview my mom and get inside her brain and as to what she was thinking. Like, why did she push us to do music? I mean, both of my parents have natural music talent, but they never performed. They never were on stage. Um, so I don't know. My my two brothers started playing guitar, taking lessons, and then I would sing along with them. So I guess they just sort of were like, we should put them on stage. And my mom really pushed it, even though we were farming. And we you know, we didn't have money. Like, there was no money to fund us. We just got gigs all over the state. And, but there was no better training ground for me than to play those bars. It was the 9 p.m. to 1 a.m. shows, you know, where you take three breaks every 45 minutes and um, watching drunk people two-step. And <laughs> that that's how I learned to be an entertainer. So, um yeah, it's weird. It it was my biggest influence. And then just the records that my mom would put in front of me and say, learn this. And I would learn it. And that's how I became me. 
And our whole family is musical. I mean, my sister has five kids. They all sing. My other sister has three girls. They're musical. My kids are incredibly talented. My son is like a prodigy guitarist. And like I said, he played all the guitar parts on the new record. And he's only 20. You know, so it's just that gene is very strong in our family. That's so cool. And at what point did did it click to say, okay, we need to try this at the next level? You know, let's let's go to Nashville and give this a shot. We always knew it. I always, I mean, I was just waiting to graduate high school, and I tried college, but I only made it eleven days. Um, I got a full ride scholarship in music to go to Central Methodist College, and I just was so miserable. Um, it wasn't for me, and the school was sort of a private kind of expensive school so the other girls that were there they showed up with like real clothes and real makeup and you know stuff that I had never seen before I mean I wore boots and Levi's and Wranglers and you know I never had money and I didn't want to change the way that I sang um and you know just starting so if you don't have the right attitude going into college you're not going to succeed and college just is not for everybody, you know. In my opinion, college is not even good for a lot of people. Um, and so it just was not right for me. I didn't want to be a music teacher. I wanted to be a star. And so I quit, got a job, saved up $1,000, and moved to Nashville. Once you got there, and, you know, it, it doesn't happen right away, and that's pretty much the case for most, if not all, musicians. You know, it takes a little while. Um, was there ever that moment of, of doubt or did you just know it was going to happen at some point? No doubt at all. I mean, I knew that I just had, you know, it's like when you know your, your call, what your calling is, you know, what you're supposed to do. And I just have always felt so grateful and so blessed um, to know that and to have no doubt about my abilities. And I knew that I, if I could just get in the room with someone and sing for them, then that would be it. And that's exactly what happened. I got in front of Joe Galante, who was the head of RCA, sang three songs for him, and he signed me to one of the biggest record deals that's ever been given to an artist in Nashville. That was the easy part. The hard part was was getting the records played at country radio. I mean, honestly, and it was always, always hard. It was never easy. I mean, I would have a huge hit record like Born to Fly and just be nominated seven times at the CMAs and another huge hit could not ask for more. And then they would make me work for that next one and they, you know, and not play it. And so that would have these incredible highs and lows that would just frustrate me. And I cried myself to sleep many, many, many nights because of that aspect of it. Um, but believing that I would get the record deal, there was never any doubt in my mind. It was almost like you were going back to square one after you had a number one record. Then you had to kind of start all over again. Every time. Yeah. Every time. And there's no way they would touch a new song of mine now because I don't, you know, go to them and and do that. So it's just very sad because, you know, and, and the way that they don't play women, you know, that kind of stuff. Very sad. But, but at the same time, I'm grateful that I have had the hits that I've had and the career that I've had because I'm, I've lasted a lot longer than a lot of my female 
colleagues, you know? Well, you've definitely had the staying power, and I think it's because of that strong foundation that you built right away. You start off with such a strong hit in no place that far, and then, you know, born to fly. So the hits just keep on coming, and then the awards nominations. And although it took a while to actually win an ACM, you did get it in 2006 with Female Vocalist. Well, it was incredible. You know, my whole family in Missouri was watching, and we were all like, you know, we all kind of had a feeling that this was the time. And also, there was a lot of talk in the industry about, you know, this is ridiculous, and it's time for Sarah Evans to get her due. And so we kind of had a feeling, like, this is the year. And Suds in the Bucket was, you know, the biggest hit. Um, and so when it happened, it was just sort of like shocking and surreal. And, um, afterwards I went backstage, you know, they take you right back to the press room. And, but I got on the phone with my brother and my dad and my mom and everybody, and everybody was just bawling, crying. And, you know, to me, that was the most shocking thing was that how much it meant to my family as well. I mean, they were all crying and it was, you know, because it had been a, a, a group effort all these years. And to that point, it was kind of like you were always the bridesmaid, never the bride, right? I mean, you had won some stuff, but I don't think you'd ever won anything to to that level on that stage, right? Oh, yeah. I was like Susan Lucci, you know, the joke <laughs> that I was always nominated and I never won. Right. And then when I had the prime opportunity to win, um, I had seven CMA nominations one year, the the year of Born to Fly. And I was literally the darling of the CMAs. Like, everybody wanted to talk to me. Everybody wanted to dress me. I was, you know, I had the, I could have won seven awards that night. Um, but as is so typical for me in my career <laughs> and my luck, um, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou had come out. And that soundtrack, mm. for some unknown reason, was allowed to be, you know, a, a competitive with artists. So that soundtrack swept every award, and it was so political and it's such BS. And I'm sure that, you know, there were um, there was a lot of pressure for people to vote for that. But it was so unfair because I'm like, how can a soundtrack like this be up against artists? Yeah. You know, and so that that one won everything except Video of the Year, which we won for Born to Fly. No doubt, that's terrible luck. Help me understand the controversy behind that and why that was such a big deal at the time. You know, there's still a lot of controversy about it. That people don't think that that should have been allowed to compete against an artist, which the artist works so hard. And you just got, you know, an album that has a compilation of all these, but nobody really did. Like, that's not an album, you know, that you wrote and worked on. Um, so it shouldn't have been, it should, it should have been nominated like once in a category. Gotcha. So you're saying it should have been put in its own category and not invaded every other category. But it's fine. I'm still, um, I'm not complaining. And (laughs) awards aren't exactly everything. I think as long as you have the respect of your peers, which I believe you do, and definitely the respect of your fans, which you definitely do. I see people win awards all the time and I'm like, what? (laughs) So yeah, exactly. (laughs) 